hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta move on. Those Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Sitting here with my brother, Robert Young. We call him Rob. We're in Detroit. We just got back from Paul Simon. Yay. Paul Simon, legend. Singer, songwriter, extraordinaire. Great concert. We had a great time. Rob wanted a podcast. He's been pressing me to podcast since we got home. It's a big week in the Young House. I'm going to see a shrink tomorrow. Thank God. Rob said I've been needing to go see a psychiatrist for the last 10 years. I haven't gone. I've been in a rut. Some sort of rut. A creative rut. A light's been dimmed out in my soul. Even though I've been getting by. Writing movies. Directing. Doing stand-up. At a pretty good level. Tricking most people to think that I'm... That my creative fire is still lit. But it has not been lit for a long time. And my brother, knowing me better than anybody on the planet, has been telling me I need to get out there, crack it open, talk it out, talk through some shit, because I've been through a lot and I haven't talked to anyone ever. So there you go. Tomorrow I'm going. Maybe I'm they'll excited. Maybe maybe they'll teach you how not to project your voice like that. What do you mean? You like throw your voice out. It's like you're throwing your voice out. Well, because the microphone's over there. It's right in front of you. Yeah, but this is a phone. It's not a microphone. We have to talk a little bit up. Yeah, but do you have to talk up and then talk down and up and then down? You go up and down. Listen, you, you already got me to go see a shrink tomorrow. What, do you, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Just speak with a normal thing. Anyway, um, yeah, you're going to see a shrink tomorrow. When did you get hit in the face? How long ago was that? Was that 15 years ago? 15 years ago. Gangster Punch? What year was that? Do you remember? Gangster Punch, and then three years after that, two years after that, was when I got jumped in Florida. That bitch set you up. Yeah, whatever. You you could say the bitch set me up, or you could say... uh, Just a dude, crazy dude. Yeah, he was stalking his girl, and she was with you. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. All right, so... Bottom line is, I got my light put out. So it's been longer than 15 years that you've needed to talk to somebody, so tomorrow's the big day. You're going to go talk to somebody. You don't lay on a couch. It's not like in the movies. No. I, well, no. I don't lay... I thought you were saying I don't lay on the couch. Like, I don't lay on the couch. Like, I'm, dep- I'm not depressed laying on a couch. You're saying tomorrow I go in... You'll be me. sitting on a couch, but you don't have to lay on it. If I will you not lay be on, laying. I'll go into vertigo if I lay. I'm not <laughs> laying on a fucking couch. What if you went into vertigo on your first therapy session? It could happen because it's all I think about. I thought I was going to vertigo <laughs> during Paul Simon. He'll just start rubbing aloe on your temples. I already talked about this in, in two, two episodes ago about how when I went through vertigo. The truth of the matter is, and this is why you, my brother pretty much got me to go to see somebody because... Vertigo at the level that I had it happens to usually like women or like women in their 60s or like girls that are gymnasts or babies or children like Cameron your son today said to me oh god I remember I actually after hockey one time had a little dizzy thing and felt funky for a week yeah so he didn't complain about it to anybody nobody I had seven seconds of vertigo I got flipped into the Eppley maneuver where the ENT does his thing and I've been in a fog for two weeks I've been talking about it nonstop. I don't like feeling funky. 
but my brother thinks that it's it's something more than just me having a little vertigo. It's it, it's an existential crisis, and I'm thinking about death and mortality, Jesus. and I'm a hypochondriac. It's unfucking believable. You had first of all, Cameron got dizzy from getting checked in hockey by a real human being right. at a high level. You woke got up. vertigo from waking up. And dehydrated. And dehydrated after, you know, a night of not drinking water and having your first drink in six months. Two different things. You think my vertigo was related to me drinking for the first time in six months? I think your vertigo is as much related to some psychosomatic shit that's going on in your fucking brain as it is you being, you know, half, you know, baby about it. And just self-diagnosis and fucking neurotic and... Not what do you say? You think I didn't have vertigo? I'm not saying you didn't have vertigo. If you were diagnosed from a real doctor, I'm not a real fucking doctor. All I'm saying is, what do you think? I didn't go to a real doctor. I went to an ENT. Of course, I got went to a real doctor. I'm saying you went to. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm not saying that it's not that you didn't go to a real doctor. I'm saying you went to a real doctor. Doctor told you what it is, but your 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 mind is just going off in different tangents and tributaries of thought that are. Bringing you back to, you know, what do you think I got it from, and why is it still here? And your question—you have a million questions about it. So, on top of that, compounded with everything else that you've been through, it's manifesting itself into this manic, fucking thought process that you have, which you have every now and then because you're a neurotic Jew, but you have it more—it's more, it's more uh, it dominating your conversations. It's dominating your life a little bit more. And I think you're scared. I think you're alone. I think that you're sad in a lot of ways. And I think that you are, you know, in some sort of, you know, comedic, creative rut that you need, that you've been searching to get out of for a long time. And you've been, you've, you've been anchored by a lot of your stress that you felt in the past that has put you in this place. And a lot of the trauma that you've had, you've had legitimate trauma. You do have what a lot of people get when they get out of you know military or when they get out of uh, sports and things like that. There's PTSD or whatever you want to call it, where it affects your brain, and you have it slightly or moderately or majorly. Who knows? But whatever the fuck you got, thank God that you are better late than never taking a step tomorrow afternoon. You're gonna have your first appointment after all these years. You know, dealing, you're going to deal with a lot of shit. It's going to peel back layers, and you're going to get to the nucleus of a whole bunch of, a gangload of stuff. And believe me, when you get out of there, no matter what you get out of it, you're going to feel a little bit lighter. And every time you go back, you're going to feel a little bit lighter after that. So accept it, be open to it. It's like receiving a hug. Be open to receiving a hug. I don't like receiving hugs. Yeah, you're not a touchy-feely. You're not a touchy-feely guy. But the fact is, is that maybe once you do receive, you know, what this person is going to be giving you, and most of the time, honestly, I mean, and I'm just going to give you my experience going through uh, therapy and stuff like that. No, I didn't didn't think I needed it really. But people were, you know, I had moments in my life that where I just needed to untangle the web. Some people say it's like, you know, a wet ball of yarn. You know, trying to untangle. It's there. It's all there. But it's just so challenging to get through it. So once you get through all that shit, yep. you, know, you, start to, you start to realize it or you start to, you know, have self, 
you know, self-understanding and, and why things happen the way they do and have a better understanding of, you know, that and that wasn't, your, you know, things weren't your fault or, or how you put yourself in that position, you know, was the way it was at that moment, but you can't keep blaming yourself and, and going back to these moments that hold you back. It's all about moving forward. It's all about positivity. It's all about, you know, accepting the things that happen in your life as those were things that happened to you in your life. Yep. You're unique to you. It's unique to you, those experiences. But realize that in the scheme of things, life does go on. Shit does go on. There is po- more positivity in your life and great things to look forward to so that you can, you know, put some of these things in the past and put them where they're supposed to be, which is... Let them be the fuel for your creativity. I don't let them be your inhibitor for your creativity. Don't let them be a nerve block to you. Let them be, you know, a psychedelic experience for you and a mind-opening experience for you. Right. So it's cathartic and it's therapeutic and it's all good. And I'm proud of you for, for even making that call to set up that appointment. But don't think it's a one-off. No, no, no. You got to commit to some good shit and. You'll see how it feels, and I think that when you get out of it tomorrow, you'll call, and I will talk, and you'll feel like, wow, what the fuck just happened? I did all the talking, but I feel better. Or, hey, he gave me two or three you know, points, or she gave me two or three points to talk about. I made some notes. I'm going to work on some shit. I got an appointment for next week. Mm-hmm. You know, but you live in L.A. You live, you, know, you live all over the country. I there need are- to shake it up. You're shaking it up. You are shaking it up. You're, you're, this is a listen. To walk a thousand miles takes that first step. Tomorrow's that, step. <coughs> and you've, it's been too long for you. Too long. Way too long. I've been coasting on pure ability to trick people. You've been tricking everybody. Tricking everyone. Tricking everybody. I'm tricking myself. I'm not no. tricking everybody. I'm, listen, when I go do a comedy show, whatever, I'm I'm professional. I always do a great show. I rock shows. Period. My creative spark that's been gone, I'm, I'm cheating myself. I've been cheating myself by yeah. not getting back my fire. You know what I mean? I used to be, I used to come out of the comedy store sc- scrambling for a pencil or a pen immediately. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I gotta write this down, I gotta write this down, I gotta write this down. Yeah. If a bit hit me, it li- I was lit on fire in my belly. I was yeah. like, yo, I'd be out at the club with Leo and those guys, literally looking over a balcony like, oh shit. I, I gotta, I gotta, I'll be right back. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm the weirdo with a pen writing a bit down. You know, it's been yeah. years since I had a fire, yeah. and it's been dimmed, and yeah. I want to get it back. And I can yeah. already tell just by conversations. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I got. I don't know if it's because I got no one to talk to. I got people to talk to, but most people I'm around are narcissists. Bingo. Most people I surround myself with like to talk about themselves. Right. I don't surround myself with a lot of listeners. That's straight up. You know what I mean? I'm not going to name names about anyone, but I'm just telling you straight up. People around me or in my life, they're they're doing the talking. Everyone loves me because I'm a good listener. I'm a good listener. And guess what? Now it's time. I need someone to listen. Hell because yeah. For a long time, I've been the listener. Hell That's yeah. That's a fact. Hell yeah. You know I, mean? I love Hell my yeah. homies that call me up and they want to ask advice and this and that, but guess what, motherfucker? I'm not answering the phone. Because I got you know no advice for you. I got people calling me from jail. I'm not answering the phone. Right. I don't want to talk right now. You know what I mean? I don't owe anybody anything no. except myself right now. No, you've been giving the answers to too many people. Now it's time for you to get the answers for yourself. Totally. And that's, I'm telling you, I'm already excited about cracking it open. Because even just tonight, go me and you, just going to Paul Simon concert, hearing some new music, some different shit, some incredible, you know what I mean? Mind blowing 
you know, instrumental yeah. instrumentalists and band. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's songwriting. It's already got me like, and a sixteenth of me is cracked open already. Yeah, you're. It, let it be inspired. I've been in a fucking rut. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you're in a you're in a tunnel. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know which way the light is. But you know what? That's all going to change. And you know that. And so that's that's a part of the process is that you realize that for yourself. So you're already, you know, uh, many steps ahead of the game in that. You know, I don't like you're, it. You're fucking, let me just tell you something. You're fucking lucky. A lot of people don't get out of this fucking rut ever. And they get too deep, too deep, too dark. And then all of a sudden they fucking sneeze and boom, they're gone. And you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that flash in the pan. You don't want to be that person. Everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, a lot of stuff this past week, let's just pay tribute to, you know, Anthony Bourdain, greatest. Bourdain. You know, Bourdain, Bourdain, Bourdain. Fucking, you know, absolute legend in the game of food, art, um, music. Travel. Travel. Uh, he, he, his body was a sanctuary, too. He was a major martial artist as well, and he trained every day. So he was a specimen. So whatever you see sometimes is not really what's going on underneath and so nine times out of ten it's not right and so people put on a facade or whatever it is or their facade or whatever that is you think you know somebody so i know you better than anybody you know me better than anybody we know when people when, when each other are in a are, funk are, are yeah are in a funk or, or feeling a funk and we know that you know we can talk to each other but the reality is you you know, you live alone you know, I can rap out to the kids. I can go to my therapist. I got people at work. You're a fucking stand-up comedian. You talk to a microphone. You got other comedians, and they got their own fucking problems, and you just said it. You're out there giving advice to all your boys because you're a fucking pillar of strength. But that's what people see on the outside, but you're a sensitive human being on the inside. I'm a bitch. Yeah, you're kind of a bitch. I mean, but you're like a strong, well-to-do, pillar of strength kind of bitch. People don't know that about you. You are a sensitive motherfucker. Crier. And, yeah, you're a crier. Always been a crier. I think you may have cried at the Paul Simon concert tonight. I almost, you? on Bridge Over Trouble Water, I got a little choked up, but I did not cry. Okay, I, I just I felt it. I just felt it next to me. Yeah, I felt you crying. I didn't cry, but oh, I got choked up. Yeah, Bridge Over Trouble yeah, Water. Yeah, 100%. It, it brought you back somewhere. I don't give a fuck. I'll cry. I am, I'll cry, then I'll beat someone's ass. I'm a crier. I'll uh, beat somebody's ass. I pick them up and I feel bad. I'll cry. You're not a crier like me, though. You've always been stronger, like emotion. Like I cry in the throat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, I can't talk when I get sad. You know what I cry is when the champ. I cry at movies. I can cry silently. Yeah, you've always you been a silent crier. Yeah. But you can talk and cry at the same time. That just means like you know what I mean? Like it doesn't cripple you. If I start crying, if I'm not gonna cry. I cried for, look, my last two girlfriends, I cried. You curl up and cry. No, no, I, cry, I can't I walk talk. Up and I cry. sound like a bitch when I cry. I go into bitch mode when I cry. I tried to, I remember I tried to break up with Esther one time and she was crying. And then, and then we both started crying. And then I couldn't, I couldn't break up anymore. I couldn't talk the words to say I want to break up. So then she just, she was just like, just not, I'm not going to break up now. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, let me just say something about my, about my brother. Toughest motherfucker around, strongest dude, don't want to fuck with him, don't cross him, don't challenge him, he will fuck you up. But if you tell a sensitive story, he will cry right along with you. 
No problem. Not a problem whatsoever. Which is, uh, by the way, a real man can cry. So don't don't put yourself in that category of weakness. Don't look at crying no, no. as a weakness. I don't. Look at it as, always my whole life. Look at that as a strength. It is an absolute strength. I, I I get choked up sometimes when I'm giving presentations for Blue Team, just because I'm so passionate about what I do, because I truly give a shit about what I do, and I truly care. Like and so when I get into that mode, and people ask me about oh why are you like this company? Why are you like that company? Or they try to compare us to other people. Right. When I get in that that place where I'm separating ourselves from other people and I really get into the core of who we are and what we're all about, I actually get emotional. I mean, not all the time, but they see they see my emotion yeah. about that. And I think that's a big, you know, it's definitely, I think I see that as an asset, you know, all the time. All right. Uh, you know, you don't want to just be crying for no reason. No, I don't but, cry for no reason. But, uh, you know. But it, 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 it is time. It, Why'd you put the napkin on the steak? I'm not done with the steak. Oh, sorry. You don't, you don't, you don't cry for no, I don't cry for any no reason, but I will say that, and I don't think I'm depressed. I don't. I don't think I'm depressed. Mm. But I think there's a light, a definite, a light depression. There's been a light depression. So that's depression, right? Whether it's light or whether it's heavy. Well, whatever depression. it is, like, like if I go to Jesse's house for the four days and I'm hanging with Jesse and the family, we're all good. There is no depression. There's no. I feel nothing but happiness and wild and just fun. And it, you know what I mean. The energy is like feeds me. You know what I mean. Yeah, because you're around his wife, kids, chef, babies, and you got your got a, a sailboat, a boat, and a lake in front of you, and jacuzzi, and a cold plunge, and a mansion, and you're around people. You're alone. I take on the energy that I'm around a lot, and I think I've been in a dark energy with my place yeah. alone. I've been in solitude. Isolation is the biggest killer. Isolation's a killer. Isolation was like sitting alone by yourself, staring at nothing. No, that is, yeah. It's not like that. That is what isolation. Oh, did I just define it? Yeah, that is what isolation. I just defined isolation. And I have been alone. You know what I mean? I don't care if I was sleeping with girls, left, you know, whatever I was doing on the dirty, you know, whatever, however I was living at night. Do it, go to the comedy club, whatever, for that two hour period, meet my boys out. There's. There's 16 hours alone, and there's a, two hours of people, and there's the rest is sleep. And I have not been living right. Yeah. And I need to, I, it, it's just time for me to shake it up, bro. I have to shake it up. I gotta shake up my environment. You know what I mean? I might just move out of my apartment. You know, I'm serious. I'm just, I'm tired. You know what you should do? You know what you should do next time you do stand up? You should, you know what you should do? What? You should stage dive. Bro, I'll go into vertigo immediately if I stage dive. I, I, I'm a grown Stage man. dive. No comedian stage dive. I think you That's need not to really... True. There have been comedians. Comedians jump off the stage? It has happened. Like, like who? I don't know, but I've seen like videos of like, comedians do it for fun. Really? But where am I going to dive into? It's tables. I don't know. It just sounded cool. No, it's like, not break cool. it up. Stage diving comedians. No, I'm not a stage diver. It's not a distrust thing. It's more of a physical thing. I don't want to fall to the ground. I'm, I'm not a good follower. You know, well, it's all going to be good. I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. Because even talking about it means that you're halfway there. I knew it. I knew we had to do it when, uh, you know, I, I knew I needed to do it like when I was in college. I got, you know, that was when I first like got into doing therapy and shit. I don't even think you told me that you were going to therapy. I didn't think you cared. Oh, God. Please. <laughs> no, I knew you did. But yeah, I went and I talked to somebody when I came back to college. And I was living with you. 
And we were living up in the foothills, and we had that big-ass house in the foothills. And I went and talked to somebody, and they basically said, you need to go to the mountains. You need to go get away. You need to go clear the air and give back to yourself. You've been, you dropped out of school. You took over the family business. You saved the fucking business. Yep. And, you know, now you're a kid again. And you have a lot of heavy shit you've been through in the last year. You need to go write your papers up in the mountains and talk to me and, you know, do this stuff. And I, I worked the program a little bit. And I, I, you know, then it was a long time that I didn't. And when I came back home and bunch of other shit, you know, I started going again. During the transition of Young and Sons, the blue team, I started going again. You know. Did you? That's, you know, I told you. I don't know if you told me that you were going to see somebody during, during that time. Yeah, I would call you afterwards and tell you how amazing I felt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd call yeah, you and be yeah, like, yeah. I feel like I just got off the jungle gyms and I'm so happy. Yo, and, I, lo- I look at you like you've just lived more of a real man's life. I know we all have our own thing. I've done a lot of man- whatever manly shit. I, I tour. I do my job. I'm, everything is good. But, like, I'm proud of you. You have taken the highs. You've taken the lows. You've taken the lumps. Our dad, you know, when dad died, you took over the business like a man. You were only a, you were a teenager. Uh-huh. You took over a business that was run by basically underworld, old-school Jewish gangster-type shit. You went in there as a 19-year-old, handled that shit like a fucking man, even though it was heavy duty and you, you didn't want to stay for, you know, in it for too long because it just, you know, you could, see the, you could see which way scrap metal was going. The government was coming in. They were changing all the regulations. Whatever it was, you didn't get a chance to be a kid for as long as you should have been a kid. And I felt like a coward because I stayed in school. And I remember Dad always saying, like, I remember Dad saying, no, you're going to finish school like when he was dying. I was like, I'm quitting school. He's like, no, you're not. You're going to finish school. I remember he said that, but I also remember thinking that he was just saying that just to say that. Like, I felt like he didn't care really no, about so. school, if, he, if we finished or not. Yeah. And I feel like I ran back to school because I just didn't know what to do other than go back to school. Right. And finish this one year left that I had. Uh-huh. You know, and be around the people that made me laugh and smile yeah. and like yeah. save me. Yeah, you needed that. That was all right. That was good. No, but I felt like a coward. I felt like a coward. Well, like you like, left me there to yeah. do the work? Yeah. Uh-huh. I felt like a coward. Uh-huh. You know, I felt like I couldn't handle it. I felt like I couldn't come home. You uh-huh. know, and I felt like you went into real man shit. And yeah. it's like that's, and then then you went and you got married, like a real man. You yeah, well, a I mean, family. Seven, eight years, nine years later. Well, yeah, like my my life changed. You know, I was a kid and I went and I took over the business and it was a different animal. I mean, you came home for a few weeks and helped, but yeah, you know what I did? I remember. I know. I I know what I did. <clears throat> I laid out all the receipts of Dad's business for like a year of a year of receipts. From the scrap business. Mm-hmm. And I figured out the pattern of doing business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I knew how much the truck weighed. I knew how much the tickets were. I knew the pattern of business for you to make money. Gross tear net. Gross tear net. Um, oh, that's a I good name for a show or a title. Gross tear net. Not a lot of people know about tear. That's the truck weight. I know. People know net and gross. Yeah, well, people that know anything about anything. But my bro, Rob, Rob came home and ran shit like a man, got married like a man, had a family like a man, 
built his own business, ran it for what, 15 years, 16, 17 years, Young and Sons? Uh, almost 20. Almost 20 years. No, 20 years. 20 years. 20 years he ran his own business, got caught up, took some lumps, took some hard knock, real life lumps in a business. Extremely successful. Extremely successful, but towards the end, you took real lumps. Yeah, because Let's be I, real. Yeah, Let's I be grew, real. I grew out of the residential shit and grew into the commercial shit, and yeah, I had more money on the street. I had more money on the street than I needed it, than I could deal with, and I was looking for a strategic partner yep. to come in. And you didn't want and to I settle getting, for anybody. I wouldn't settle for anybody because, and I was getting vetted out by some of the big dogs in the industry, and I didn't settle. And you know. Funny thing is, talking to Brian about the whole thing, it like couldn't have worked out any better. No, it was at, a beautiful. At, at the end of the day, it was like I was talking to him about all this shit that was going on. I remember even talking to Michelle about it, like going to these meetings with people. That I was excited that perhaps I could, you know, get a buyout and be a part of their organization. Yeah, and save me. And I realized these are fucking, you know, a lot of these people were motherfuckers and assholes, and right. I didn't want to be around them in business. They were people that I knew and people that I had relationships with, and I still do. But I don't really want to. I don't want to work with people like that. So, ironically, talking to Brian for the last twenty years while I was in business, and we worked together even for a little bit, and we talked throughout. I mean, we're family and we're close anyway. We talked about a million different things throughout this whole process. He was like, "Well, maybe we should figure it out." And I was like, "All right, well, if we're going to, we need to do it soon because." You know, I'm fucking dying over here and I can't deal with any of these motherfuckers up here and I've got a stronghold on, on certain markets up here and you don't have any business up here so let's figure this shit out. And he was like, all right, come on down. And that was when we knocked it out of the park. So between, and I remember that was like in April because I remember Ian was playing lacrosse outside. Right. And I remember in my car before I went to go watch him play, I just, and you know how hard it is to not lock down Brian. Because he's all over the place. Impossible. He'd rather talk about silly shit. Right. We literally, lot. he really understood how serious I was. And he was like, all right, you need to come down to Florida. And I think it was that weekend that I may have flown down or the following week or whatever it was. But it was soon after that conversation. I flew down. I met with Brian and Katie. And I remember it was at their old house. It was like we were in our pajamas at night and like sitting Indian style in the room, like having a drink before we all went to bed. And... You know, I brought all the paperwork and everything that I needed that I was I had already shown other people that I was pot potentially going to go into business with. And I remember Katie walking in and being like, okay, this doesn't look that good, <laughs> but we love you, your family, and we're going to make this work. And we did, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, ins and outs of that happening. But if it wasn't for that, you know, for us being family... Who knows? Who knows? What I, maybe I'd be working for somebody. I'd maybe be in a different industry. Maybe out in L.A. producing or directing or, you know, uh, you know, doing some shit, doing some creative shit. Maybe getting back into acting or whatever. Maybe I would have dove into some of that shit. I would have cracked some shit open, too. But the fact is that I've got a renewed vigor for work. I've got a renewed, you know, sense of purpose. Um, we've got a bigger opportunity on a global scale now. That, and I can shine in different arenas that, you know, is, is for me, that's the best. And, you know, Brian and I have the same core values. So it's just flowing in a different, uh, you know, I went from, you know, minor leagues to the, to the big leagues, yep. you know, and that, that, that has been the best and the most incredible transition because I was always meant for the big leagues. No you know doubt. what I mean? 
And so, no doubt. And we were just, we were groomed for it. And so I feel more natural here than I ever did. And, and Young and Sons, all the trials and tribulations I went through prepared me for this. It's exactly and, and all life experiences really prepared me for this. All the fights, all the bullshit, all the gangster shit, all the, the hard work, dropping out of college, playing ball. Literally everything that I do now, I, f- I look back and I think, wow, what prepared me for this? And I can go back to a million different avenues and instances you know, I mean, in different parts and different chapters of our yeah. life. And the, and the through line of that has been you, has been family, has been different experiences that I've either gone through with you and seen, and we've gotten through it together, have made us stronger. And I know what I did to, you know, sustain myself and to be, you know, maintain a, you know, a, level, a comfort level in my own mind. And I just want to see you have that with your life, too. Right. You know, because you're the big brother. Right. You deserve it as much as me and as much as anybody out there. You deserve the success, the love, the happiness, the companionship. You deserve everything that you want. And, you know, the things that are holding you back are, are things that you can, you can get through. It's just a matter of getting through them. And I'm here for you a thousand percent, no matter what you're going to go through. Whether you get sidetracked, whether you take a step back, and however many leaps forward, I will be there. I've always been. I'll never waver. So I'm always going to be there for you. So you just get your shit in gear. Get your fucking gym bag ready. The craziest shit is going in. The craziest shit is it's never about the money. It's never about the money. Money? We haven't even talked about money. No, but I'm saying like... Like, if I get offered a movie... It's enough money for me, the way I live, to live for a few years. Yeah. Like, literally. I, got no, I don't have to do anything. Literally, I can just sit around. I still have a deep pit hole in my stomach. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel yeah. nothing. Yeah, money don't mean fucking shit when it comes to your soul and your happiness. So, what I'm saying is, I might want to just shake it all up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, part of me is like... I want to put a I want to put a music studio in Mom's basement and record a, a rap comedy album. Yeah, why you know not? Why why not? Like, we can go to Jeff's house. And like, I want to get lit on the fire. I would, but he's got cats. I want to get lit with the fire. I'm not kidding. I won't. I won't. The cats don't go in the studio. That's, Only the dog. I don't believe it. Um, I'll have a dandered. But I'm not kidding. I want to feel the fire that I felt 18 years ago when I did my comedy album in 2000. And I was on fire, and I had fifteen hundred dollars in the bank, and I went and did dropping bombs, and I put it together with full fire, and it got me into Montreal, and it got me my first deal, and it got me everything, and sent me on my path. Yeah, because there's a fire that was there, and I need to get back to feeling that. And listen, it, don't get it twisted. I'm not fucking creatively dead. You know what I mean? At all. When I'm writing my movies, I'm on fire. The district is going to get made by Lionsgate. I wrote a great movie. I, when I'm in the page and I'm at the table, I'm passionate. But when I'm... When it's, I'm it's not dead, Mike. We know that. I know that. People out there should know that. No, but I'm talking about... But it's not thriving the way it should. No, no. You're a fucking Hall of Famer. No, no, but you're talking about... I'm talking about... But you're batting for average right now. No, my, no, my performance, my stand-up is not lit the way my other shit is lit. 
I can be in any mind, mind frame. If I get hired to write something from somebody, I go 100%. There's nothing. I don't, I don't leave. I don't go soft or I don't, I'm not empty at the table. I, I can write the shit. That's, out of no, 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 you're not empty. Show. No, 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 you're, you're not. It's, empty my, it's me being lit in life right, to right, create right. new shit for my stand-up. That's where the fire's out. Yeah, out. When you're going to, when you're at the comedy store, out, and you're out, you're out. You're fucking, you're like John Adams' candle on a cold winter night in Pennsylvania. It's done. It's just out. So you have to get a, a beacon of light, you know? You need a halogen bulb and fucking eight double D-cell batteries and a flashlight tag on a summer night and be out there with the moonlight because you have, you have it in you. All these things that you, you've, you've been, you, you're, you're, uh, you've been stifled. You've been stifled. You've been stifled and that's it. And tomorrow is a new day, a new dawn. You're gonna fucking Blow I the remember. minds of many. I remember. Again. I remember when the light went out. The light went out for me after the incident. Like, I'm not kidding. Some people who live in that world. Yeah. If you live like a gangster and that's your everyday life, then something like what happened to me, it doesn't phase you like it phased me. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Like, you live like that. You got the, you took this. You took a beating. You go on with your life. It's every day. I'm not in their world. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not in that world. I don't live every day like that. So that, bam, when that happened, that took a chunk out of my heart area. Like, it, I can't explain it any other than like the light, the fire that was lit right here, you know, went out a little bit. And then a year later, when I got jumped in Florida out of nowhere and I got attacked and put in the hospital. Whoa, whoa hold on a second. Between all that, you got hit with a bottle before Dean's wedding. Right. Right. I've Between been, that. Right. You got no, hit no, no. Oh, was that before that? That was before. All so right. I got hit with a bottle first. Nothing happened to that motherfucker. No. Fuck that motherfucker. Right. I hope he falls on a fucking Ginsu knife. Right. Fuck that motherfucker. Right. Okay, fuck him. The dude that, that, that shit happened at the Belmont, fuck him. Royally fucking fuck him. And the shit that happened in fucking Florida, fuck that motherfucker. And fuck that bitch, too, that fucking brought you into that world knowing her boyfriend was a stalker. So, fuck all those motherfuckers. They put them in a big fucking rodeo ring and let the bulls run wild and put one barrel out there for the three of them to hide behind. Fuck those guys. But karma's a bitch. It is what it is. And that's that. So. Yeah, karma's a bitch. You're moving on with your life. I'll, yeah. And those guys, you know, and they've moved on with their lives, hopefully. But they'll never forget either what happened. But the fact is, is where you need to shine and where your fucking brightest is going to be is when you get through all this shit and all those motherfuckers are going to see you on The Tonight Show or they're going to see you at the Academy Awards or they're going to see you at the Cannes Film Festival or they're going to see you somewhere around the world or your fucking name up in lights in Vegas when they go there. Wherever the fuck you're going to wind up, or a book that you've written, or a play that you've written, or a song that you've written, or a movie that you've written, when they see you down the road, they're going to look back and say, you know what, I made that motherfucker. <laughs> then let them be a part of it, because that's, that's great. That, that, uh, no, I, I love that that's how you think. That's great that you think like that. But me, going through it, the person that had to live through it, I think... Sometimes, and this is what fucks me up and why I'm going to go to therapy and get shit talked out. 
because I still have paranoid thoughts. I don't have the thought that you just said. I wrote a movie about it, the movie I killed that I was going to meet Mike Epps about, about, you know, about the guy sees me on the Tonight Show type of shit. When it's all said and done, yeah, that's, a, that's my movie version. But I actually have paranoid thoughts. When I come home to this day, when I see a car that I don't recognize in my alley, I think, oh, someone's coming to get me. When I see a shady looking dude in front of my building and I'm going to get an Uber, I think, who sent someone to get me? That's why I have to go see a psychiatrist, a shrink, because it's, it's illogical for me. The motherfucker in Florida, I, got, I Google Earth his fucking house. I know where he is. I still, I know where he is. I see him. I got him on Facebook. I Google Earth his house. I got his address. I got people, you know what I mean? Whatever that is, that is. But I'm saying, I think sometimes, oh, what if he, he's a piece of shit. What if he's got nothing to lose and he wants to come do something again? I have to get past paranoid thoughts. That motherfucker mother is GPS. It don't matter. It don't matter. All these I'm the one feeling yeah, that type of shit. Yeah, but you have to understand something. I, you're not in it alone. I, I'm in it with you. I went through every incident with you. You're not. No, but no one's with me. No, you're, no. you're not in my brain. You're not in my. You're I'm not, not in your not, space all the time. But I'm saying I went through it with you. So yeah, I can see it through different lenses and a different prism, and I, I look at it with with a glass half full for you. You look at it, at it and you don't see anything in the glass. You just see a glass that could potentially shatter at any moment. Which is why I had so many dark, sick thoughts about all those incidents. Yeah. All those people. I've had thoughts of, I'll go take care of everything, and I'll just go spend 10 years in prison. I've had that thought. (laughs) Bi-weekly. I don't care. I've had the thought. I'm never going to do that. It's not me. I want to be, I want to keep on my trajectory of entertainment, but... I've been through a few fucking tragic, traumatic events yeah. that have fucked with me because I'm sensitive and I'm not, I haven't been able to like get the therapy yet to like get through it properly, but I'm starting to and I'm going to and I had, I still have my moments, bro. I still have my moments of fire. I, every now and then, yeah. like when I'm at the computer and I'm writing new bits, it's fire. It's, it's on there. You know what I mean? I haven't been on stage enough to get my new shit going. I just haven't found my rhythm again yet. I haven't. But, you know, I have to do some work to get through this PTSD or this rut that I've been in for a while. You know? Yo, and listen, yeah. everybody's been in a rut. Right. When you were going through your transition period and I would talk to you, you were in a dark place. Let's be, let's, let's be clear. Transition period, he's not referring to a sex change. Uh, no. Or a, a horn. <laughs> no, I'm not referring to a sex change at all. I'm talking about when Rob was when going through his heavy shit with Young and Sons. Yeah. You were going through a dark period, and you didn't want to talk to anyone, including me. I'd talk to you, you would just say, let me just go to bed. Let me just go to bed. Yeah, but yeah. you fought through it. It was heavy. I had a lot, a lot of people, a, a lot of responsibilities, and yeah, it was hard. But not that you, know, you, but you get through it, and we can you talk through it. it. We got yeah. through it. And you can talk about it now too and about your shit now and so you are and and yeah know, and they're listen but they're, and they're totally different things yours was business mine is personal you know what i mean mm-hmm. you're, you were going through a major business situation mm-hmm. and my shit is just i got the bad luck of getting you got jacked up i got jacked up 
You know what I mean? I got just I got I just got you jacked. got jacked got, up, but you you you. I'm strong. I'm good. You got, you got I'm gonna kill it. I'm you killing got, it. When I come back and I get through all this little dark period, yeah, I'm going to another. And by the way, the the movie the movie I kill about you know about you and what you went through, that's got to be made. These stories, these these it's gonna be these made. scripts that you that we you know are producing together, they have to get made. These are stories of your life. Anybody ever seen? You know any any Barry Levinson films or any uh, Woody Allen films or or um, you know Fuqua films or you know some of these every other you know heavy hitters Scorsese films. These guys are telling some stories that come from a real place. That's what you need to fucking do. So you've told those stories, but now you got to get those scripts out there and you got to have that passion, that drive to present them. And I think moving forward, if I'm going to be producing these and my names are on those scripts that you gave me. Those three scripts, you need to fucking. I need to go in that room with you. What room, bro? So no whatever you're pitching, you gotta, the, you, gotta go, you gotta get the money. <laughs> There's not a room. Well, those scripts are simple million dollar movies. You know what I mean? Like those are those are those are five. But you ask, we ask five people. We have the money. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of what to do. You know, you're talking about a business. Like what to do first. You know, in September I'm gonna shoot single mic. I'm not gonna have time. In September, to do I killed, but I think being real, I think I should slate out my year. Like I should look at my year like this. In September, we shoot two episodes of Single Mike. You know what I mean? Those will be done November after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I prep I killed, and we go make I killed. You know what I mean? Chris Spencer read. Chris Spencer read I killed. Within five minutes, he called me after we was done. Dude, let me call Mike Epps. He called Mike Epps. I knew Mike Epps had a had a had a what's it called a a reputation of just kind of being like you know not showing up to shit. So he changed my meeting three times, and I finally called Chris Spencer. I said, you know what, let this go right now. Just let it go. Yeah. I'm not gonna start off on that foot with a guy. And Mike Epps is super talented, but I don't give a fuck. I don't so Mike Epps, did he read the script? He read it, or he read half of it. He had a meeting with Chris Spencer, who writes and produces a bunch of stuff for him, and Kevin Hart. And he said he loves it. He wants to meet with you. Boom, 11 a.m. I'll be there. Oh, can you do one? I'll be there. Can you do three? I'll be there. He can't do today. Yo, bro, uh, tell him forget it. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Don't call me back on that. I don't give I don't give a fine fuck. I'm not chasing Mike fucking Epps to get for a meeting. I, would I love to work with him? Absolutely. Did I just sit sit next to Chris Tucker, you know, at a basketball game and get his number and talk to him? I could get I can get anybody attached to that movie. Rappaport read it, he was like blown away. He wants to play that role. I'd rather Rappaport is actually physically who I see. You know what I mean? He can mm-hmm. pull that off. He can go to the darkest depths and the funniest Yo, so send highs. it out to. I mean, so get you know, you got a short list of people there. You know, it's not that I need a million bucks just to get it. I need a million bucks to make it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I want to make a million dollar movie. Let it make ten million. Or what? No, I mean, it's just because I don't want to get into... If it gets into the studio system, it's going to be a much bigger hassle. You know what I mean? The fucking... Who knows what they'll turn into? They'll turn into a comedy. All right, so any independent filmmakers out there that have deep pockets that want to get in on the uh, idea? I'm not asking for money on a podcast, bro. we got seven friends that can raise that money. 
Yeah, so you know what I mean? we got one friend that could raise that money. We got two friends that could raise 10 times that money. Right. First of all, a million dollars isn't that much to raise. But I'm saying anybody out there that knows Mike. Listen, you want to produce it? You know, we had that meeting with those guys in Detroit. When you guys had a bunch of emails, I did my part. I wrote the dopest shit that they all want to make. You guys take the ball on that. Don't even include me in the conversation. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. You guys want to say you want to produce all this stuff in Detroit? You know what I mean? You guys got 50 emails, about 20 emails of those people. Go talk to them. I don't need to be on it until I need to be talking, you know, until we need to talk. You know, everyone wants to say I'm a producer, this and that. Go get it. You know, let's be real. We all, we sat down, me, you, the two mm-hmm. guys. They're great guys. I'd love nothing more than to do with them. You guys all want to talk about doing it like you really were excited. You well, know, we'll put, it out, already, we'll already, put it out there to a bunch of other people. No, yeah. but somehow the email didn't get through. There was no follow-up. You know what I mean? You got to have real follow-up if you're going to real, really talk about it. Okay. You know? That's just real. That's just business. Right. You know? Talk doesn't mean shit to me. I don't want to hear about ideas. I don't want to hear about anything. You know? The real deal is getting is, is when you get shit done. You know what I mean? Everyone's got an idea. Everyone's got nose people. Right. No, no one cares about that. Call me when the money's wired into Red Leaf and we're making a movie. Right. You know? That's that. About that. You know? Uh, I don't want to talk about fun things. You know? I, I don't. My, my, my joy and my passion is writing and performing. You know? I'm not... I don't know... I don't have to go ahead and have a... I don't want to have 50 meetings about something. Here. You read it. You love it. You want to make it. Let's go. That's it. You know? And then we, you just mitigate your risk by putting, you know, big name people in it and tax incentives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden a million dollars actually just cost you $300,000, mm-hmm. you know? And now you got an actor in it who gets you $200,000 in France and Italy and wherever else he's popular. And now you got 100000 on the table. You already got your money back. You know what I mean? So now you put it out and you, you make your money. You mitigate risk. Everyone thinks movies are like so high risk. If you do them properly, they're not. You know what I mean? Right. That's why people attach people with foreign sales, mm-hmm. foreign value. You get a foreign sales guy on board and that's it. I didn't want this to turn into a, a, a movie making, fundraising podcast. Yeah, but look at the passion you have. Well, that's because it's just, that's what I do. I write great shit. You know what I mean? And then... I, and everybody talks about, oh, I want to produce it. I want to help make it. Get, I don't want to talk to you about that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm and giving you the open door. Make it happen. Here it is. You got it. Your name's on things. You have the open door. That was your birthday gift. Here's your name on four things. You want to produce it? Go ahead. Make those calls. You know what I mean? You know the people. I know the people. I, gotta, I, I did my part. You know? I don't have the brain capacity to do every single thing. I don't want to. Because if you spend energy on one thing, you lose energy on another thing. Ooh. Huh? I said, ooh. <laughs> that was profound. No, it's not profound. It's just serious. It's just real. It is real. You know what I mean? I, I, got, I got the brain capacity and the energy to write and to, and uh, once I get my fire lit, I, I'm gonna, my stand-up's going to go to a whole new level. Right. You know what I mean? The level it's supposed to be at. You know what I mean? I go... When I opened for Sebastian, the biggest comic in the game, I did the nine shows with him at the Beacon Theater. You know what I mean? Showtime was all about it. They were super cool. 
you know, but I just didn't have my fire for follow-up after that. You know, I went to Jesse's house in the summer and some random strangers came to his house and we're like, God, you look familiar. And I'm like, nah, probably not. You know, I never met you guys before. And they're like, no, no, I know. And Jesse's like, well, Mike, tell them you're a comedian. And then they're like, oh shit, we saw you at the Beacon Theater. We both love you. You know what I mean? Like, I know what level. I'm yeah, at. but didn't she want to do something with you? Who? Didn't she want to work with you? It was a he. Oh. I thought um, the actress was there. Yeah, she wanted me to write her a comedy, but Kate Winslet, she's great. I love her. She's awesome. I will write, but I'm not going to just write something for her just to write. You know what I mean? I'm not spending 12 weeks writing for Kate Winslet. She was just sweet and cool. We had a great weekend. Right. You know, her husband, her kid, everybody was there. We had fun. And she was just like, Mike, write me a comedy. I want to, no one knows how funny I am. I'm like, you are funny. I'm not writing anything right now for you. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want me to do? Right, right, right. So. It's an upside down type of business. Yeah, so this all stemmed from, this whole podcast started with you. Me needing therapy. Going and this is my therapy right And you're now. breaking through some shit right now because you're passionate about some things. I like that. And uh, some of the things I said tonight, I, I just was trying to trigger you to see where you're at. So oh, yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Could have been mom's steak. Could have been the excitement of coming back from Paul Simon's show. Mom made a great filet. Mom made a great filet. We've been tearing up filet at the table. Hell yeah. I've been eating the whole time. And, uh... Yeah, you trigger me. But this is the feeling that I'd like to have. I hope it's not partially because of my manicness from my from the vertigo. But I haven't felt one vertigo moment in this whole podcast. Since I've been with you today, you drove to the concert. We went and listened to music. We stood up. We sat down. We walked around. You didn't even talk about vertigo. I didn't, you were fine. You're not, fine. You're fine. It's done. Vertigo's, it's vertigo's in your brain. It's in your mind. It's a real thing, but it's upstairs. Be settled in your life. Be settled. Vertigo will go away. It, you know, it totally. doesn't, nothing lasts forever. None of that shit. I mean, just let it fucking settle. And put it behind you. And all your little, you know, idiosyncrasies about it, let that shit go away. You got bigger fish to fry. You got better things to look forward to. Vertigo is just a part. Make it a part of your act. Everything that's been in your way, every roadblock that you have, use it as a stepping stone and put it in your act. Put it in your luggage and pull it out when you need it, when you're on the road, and use every little incident that you've had in your life, all the things you talk about on your podcast, all the bullshit that you've been through in your entire life, everything, good, bad, or indifferent, put it in your fucking act. and twi- put it <laughs> All of a nine-hour act? Put it in your act. I mean, you can use it somewhat. Totally. You know, I mean, you know, the guys that really know you in this industry, like Saget, who's like family, you know, standing backstage with him at, at the at the Royal Oak Music Theater and before he went on, he was literally doing your act. Yeah. He's literally standing next to me. He, he said, and, him and his girl do my act all the time at home. Yeah, they're doing your act. And I noticed that like when I'm around a lot of your comedian friends in L.A., they always talk about certain aspects of your act. Well, that's great, but it's time to give them some some other material. I gotta give my friends new material. Give your friends new material so that they can put that in the past too. Everybody needs to put that shit in the past. You've got too many things to look forward to and too much good shit inside of you. You're fucking the most creative human being I know. You can write a song, you can sing, you're the smoothest dancer, you're the fucking greatest writer. You just need to 
get all this shit out there. The world is your fucking palette. Fucking spread your wings and fly with everything, every color there is, and Thanks. paint whatever you fucking want to paint. Thanks. And tomorrow is going to be a, a, like that big first step toward you know a lot of good things for you. Yeah. There's nothing negative about going to see a therapist or talking out your Hell. problems. You know what I mean? There's helplines. There's fucking all kinds of shit out there. And mental illness is the new fucking cancer. And I mean, it's a big bad one that they can't figure out. And it's it comes in too many levels and too many forms. And it's invisible. It's hard to diagnose and it's hard to see it. And it, you don't get, you're mentally sick from it. So you don't, you may be a physical specimen. You, whereas other diseases, you can see it. It manifests itself in certain ways physically. This is a hard one. So we, this, is, this could be a whole nother podcast. Mental illness for me and my brother runs deep in our family. You're talking deep. about a family with three suicides. Yeah. I, so that's, we, we, we don't even, I mean, unless we want this to be a three hour podcast, which we don't. No, but let this be another podcast. Yeah, let it be the next one. Let yeah. this segue into the next one because yeah. mental Med- illness, I mean, going back to everything, I mean, let's wrap it up and put full circle on this puppy and connect it. Mental illness is a real thing, whether it's heavy or whether it's light. It's a real thing. You got family, you got friends, you got people you can talk to. You got a dog, whatever the fuck it is. Talk to them. Talk to somebody. Get get help. You you will come through the darkness. Suicide is a cop-out. You don't need that. You don't have to fucking let that trigger happen. It it, It leaves too many people in the fucking dust. It hurts too many people behind. And even though, you know, I've talked to people who've been there with the gun to the head, it's it's not the answer. It's not the answer. It's just not. It's like you you have to come through that darkness. And it's like get people need help. And it's out there. And you gotta find the right kind of help. You know? Not that first therapist might not be the one. You know, that drug might not be the drug. There's ways to find creative innovative new ways to find you know happiness to get that light back it's just you know there's too many parts of the brain to tap into to not explore how to get better or how to be better or how to overcome right right but that that being said there are levels obviously of the of mental illness that we cannot get better Right. We're not pretending everything can get better. Right. There are certain diseases that are so heavy and gone, and, you know, so dark that right. it takes beyond professional it's, help. But it's well, no, it, it's that's what it needs. Is it, it beyond just recognize? You get once you recognize it, you know, talk to somebody about it. But the fact is, is that we can segue into the next one. Tomorrow is a new day. Let's do another one tomorrow after you get back from your therapist because I'm excited about uh, the breakthroughs that you're going to have. And what, and what that first step is going to be for you. And that's what we should talk about tomorrow. Awesome. All good shit. This might be a five five podcast a week. We might do five podcasts. Yeah, we're week. implementing your therapy. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. With me. Me and Saga, my brother Rob Young from Blue Team. If anyone's got a major commercial property or anybody, any devastation or fire, flood, mold anything happens in a gigantic building you got 700 properties just call me i'll put you through the blue team god bless you guys find me on instagram at the real mike young and i'll see you june 23rd seminole coconut casino with bob saget peace take me back
When I was a kid, take me never back had now. to worry about oh. what I did. The one time I'm a one, man two. now, wants to play it now. Gotta the get it down, no time get for fun now. now. Take me back uh. when I was a one, kid. Two. Never had to worry take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now, Where I was a man now.